Hello everyone, it's Saturday, August 19th. Welcome to Pop Goes the Girls, where we, two sisters born a decade apart, take a foray through our respective journeys through pop culture. I'm Daisy Kosh. And I'm Chelsea Davidson. This episode is not sponsored by Ruffles, KFC Original Recipe Chicken Flavored Chips, despite the fact that we will be eating them for the entirety of is the episode. A, sorry, I, I must interrupt. Is this a new flavor? Yes, it's relatively new. I spotted it, I'd say, hmm. like maybe a month ago or it's probably longer than that I'm, I'm the days and months are blurring together um but i spotted them and i thought uh our grandfather loves kfc chicken so why not give it a whirl and then dad also used to love the british you know roasted chicken chips that they have the yeah. walkers ones so it's like give it a whirl dad loves them have you had these them. already yes i have do you think they taste at all like kfc no no, me they neither. do taste like the Walker's chicken chips, though. They yeah, they taste like Walker's crisps. Yeah, which is why I think Dad gobbles them up. Grandpa I don't likes even get too. chicken off of them. I, do I don't know what I'm tasting, but it's like chicken stock, like the chicken broth stuff. That's what bit. it kind of yeah. tastes like. Yeah, it tastes like chicken soup. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, okay. well, now that we've destroyed that illusion, <laughs> we still love you, Ruffles. Give us the sponsorship. <laughs> I do love ruffles. Old Dressed oh, yeah. is like one of my favorite chips. Okay. Yeah. I'm already I'm already derailed this podcast. Okay. This week is the third week of our Brat Pack month. John Cusack will be the focus of this episode, so naturally we will be discussing the works of the most awkward leading man of the 80s. True that. <laughs> now is the perfect time to tell you all that we spoil things during our podcast, so leave now or forever prepare for pop culture spoilers. Each week we talk about pop culture artifacts that shaped us and why they're memorable to us. We also have a fan theory fight club where we argue the merits or detriments of some of the fan theories surrounding interpreting different pop culture items. And lastly, we'll play a quick round of Twist the Sister, where one of us loves something that the other hates, hasn't seen, doesn't know anything about, etc, etc. Did and you just say a quick round? Yeah. <laughs> it's usually and the longest segment. Yeah. And then we open it up to uh, you, our lovely listeners, in a poll, so you can decide which sister is right. Or if you haven't seen either of them, you don't really care about us, you know, you just don't answer. You can just say we're both wrong. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you just, have, you just have to, like, poke to the say bear. you're just both wrong. Just to really poke the bear. They're yeah. like, you're both wrong. It's exactly. in the middle. Okay. Anyway. Without further ado, let's get right into it. Um, I'm going to allow you to do the synopses because you are very jaded about almost everything John Cusack, it seems. I'm, I'm, I, it's so. nothing against him. <laughs> I just don't like anything he's made. I do love that Joan Cusack is in everything that she, John Cusack does. I, like, I honestly, I love Joan Cusack. Joan Cusack's amazing. She can and play anything. She really can. Like, she's played a psycho. She's played someone nice. She's played someone completely awkward, you like her my, brother. You know my favorite? Oh. Joan Cusack? You love Adam's family, don't you? That know? is exactly when it. She, when she's a queen. I, she's I amazing. love it. She when she plays the Black Widow in that. I love yeah. it. I love it. Anyway, okay, we're we're getting way off track. Let's focus on John, the lesser Cusack. So, <laughs> the one that you probably know yet somehow he, he is was the, the lesser star. One. He was the star of the eighties. It seems like she, it really seems like she piggybacked off of him because she's like in she's all in of his everything. movies. And it, but it doesn't. But she steals the show. She it, steals the show. So really, who's helping who? Yeah, she was in a lot of stuff in the eighties. Like uh, I can't think of a movie that she's in that he's not in. In the permission 80s. to alter the entire episode right now. Make a <laughs> Joan Cusack week. No, no. Let's focus. Okay. okay. 
Okay. I'm going to let you do the synopses because you are so jaded that I feel like you'll be you, very blunt. You and want me to about do it. the synopses because you made me watch them very recently. Yes. Yes. So you and have a you have also have the benefit of re, of like more recent memory than I do. Okay. So our very first but film that we're going to talk about. What happens if they're memories I want to forget? Okay. So let's let's. We will. All right. <laughs> we will start with high fidelity. Okay, buddy. Uh, I was just trying to cheer us up, so go ahead. Put on some old sad bastard music, see if I care. I don't want to hear old sad bastard music, Barry. I just want something I can ignore. Here's the thing. I made that tape special for today. My special Monday morning tape for you. Special! What's fucking Monday afternoon? You should get out of bed earlier. Come on, dude. So, um... Do you like... Okay. Do you like High Fidelity? High Fidelity was okay. After you yeah. made me watch a load of shit films... You know they redid High, High Fidelity. High Fidelity was kind of in the middle for me. Like, they, I didn't hate it with a fiery passion, but I wasn't sitting there like, I'd watch that again. Do you like Zoe Kravitz? I thought you, Zoe Kravitz isn't in it. No, but do you like Zoe Kravitz? She's okay. She d does High Fidelity. It's a TV series where she plays John Cusack. The, the name, the character's name was the same yeah, as well. Yeah, wasn't it in the last couple of years that they did this? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a whole TV series. Yeah. So if you don't like... Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't think they could change it that much for me. <laughs> honestly. Um, I quite enjoy this so TV the whole, series. The well. whole uh, idea is that at the start of the movie, he's going through a breakup, and he turns around and he says, You're not even on my top five for worst breakups ever. Then he proceeds for about the first half hour, uh, half hour, 40 minutes of the movie, to talk about his worst five breakups and why they were the worst. Yeah, Desert Island top five breakups. Yeah, like one, not, one was the very first breakup he ever had, liked a girl, and then by next period, she was kissing another guy. Scarred for life. Yeah, another one, he was in college, Catherine Zeta Jones. She was so cool. She was amazing. He didn't even know why she was with him. And then yeah. one day, leather he, jacket wearing. One day she broke up beauty. with him, and then she was with one of her moms or whatever and it goes like this for the top five but then as he makes the top five and he, he rounds that out that isn't the end of the movie he leads into um his relationship with the one that he's just broke up with and it's really hitting him hard considering it's not in his top five he's and very angry and having just listened to his top five i don't understand why she's not in it but then you find out more about the relationship. It's important to also add that he is not a teenager anymore. No. This is a this grown This is like a 35-year-old man, man. Yeah. With very Dwelling. juvenile dwellings. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, as he reveals stuff about the relationship, and you see a little bit from her perspective, but not a lot, um, you realize he's very much an unreliable narrator. Oh, yes. Um, which... To the movie's credit, I do like an unreliable narrator because you spend half the movie thinking one thing and then Trying plot twist, they're an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> Which, spoiler alert, he is. Plot twist, they're an asshole? Yeah. Um, <sighs> but um, then, you know, he really wants her back and it, it deals more with like present time of him trying to grow as a person, get the relationship back. And I don't feel you know, like he's growing that much, but sure. Well, he's trying to. He's attempting. It's, attempting. it's it's more of an attempt compared to no attempts before. Yeah, no results, but full on attempt. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a for effort kind of thing. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that I don't want to give away too much. Also, shout out to Jack Black who's in it. It is his birthday. I also want to put. It's his birthday today. I think so. Hold on a tick. We were, gonna do, a, we were gonna do we were gonna do a Jack Black week and I got overruled. Isn't his birthday on the nineteenth? His birthday is August nineteenth, isn't it? I'm looking. 
Anyway. August 28th. August 28th. You're way too early. Okay. It's his month. It's happy yeah. happy birthday to Jack Black in the future. Um, whatever. I was close. Uh, <laughs> so, that being said, uh, love Jack Black. Don't like him as much in this movie, because I do prefer him as a nice guy. And here's where it's an artifact for me. You only just watched this, so it's not really for you. But for me, High Fidelity, I watched and I was like, it's a movie about music? I like John Cusack. Jack Black is in it? So already I'm we so weren't excited. on the same, we weren't having the same experience. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I was so excited. And then Jack Black is not in it all that much, really. He is very much a secondary character. He's in it, but he's not in it he very much. He steals the show a bit, but at the same time... Freaking love Jack Black as a yeah. kid. As a kid, especially. And so, so you love School of Rock. I like, love that School was your of Rock. Bread and butter. I love School of Rock. I saw School of Rock in the theaters. Um, but yes, I was so upset that it wasn't a Jack Black movie, that it was a John <laughs> Cusack movie. And I just couldn't get, I was young and I was like, I don't get all of this shit that's going on, this emotional boo-ha. Like, I don't really, you know, yeah, like, oh, cry, 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 whatever. Whatever, John Cusack. I couldn't care less. So I did not actually like this movie as a kid. However, I love that you went I into the. It. I love that you went into this whole, like, monologue about, it's about music. I like John Cusack. And then, like, quickly you went, I like Jack Black. John Cusack can piss off down the road. Yeah. Oh, my God. I, I wanted to go another direction. Well, John Cusack, for me, I'm trying to think of a good example. Oh, another movie that he's in with, um... Catherine Zeta-Jones, which I particularly, I really like that movie. Is that America's Sweethearts? America's Sweethearts. Which I, I haven't I seen, loved. and I'm so grateful <gasps> you didn't make me watch it. Oh my god, you've never seen America's Sweethearts? You would love it. That, that That's one you would definitely love. Oh my god, why didn't I do that for this week? Because it's not an 80s movie, that's why. Well, it's not, this isn't either, but it's, <laughs> it's close enough. Close enough. But, um, yeah. Yeah, he was in that with her, and I think he was, he, I, I've honestly come to the conclusion that John Cusack plays the same character. He, he's not acting. He, he, is, he is. He is. He is playing is the same. Acts. He is just. He's that person. Yeah. And like he just can. Like the the biggest stretch for him, I think, was when he was younger. He played more optimistic characters, whereas as he's got older, he's played more jaded characters. When did he play these optimistic characters? We're, we'll get into that next week. Oh, okay. Um, we'll we'll get into that. One of his you more, mean more, you mean the famous. one the one movie where he's optimistic? Yeah. <laughs> well, no, he's optimistic. Even it's, that, he has like a whole depression phase. He's in some Molly Ringwald movies as well, and he's more optimistic in that. Like he no, has, he just he just plays like the, there's the a geek little there's a lightness. The friend of the there's geek. more lightness to his being in those films. What it's like childhood. Yeah, like he, when he plays more juvenile characters, he plays more juvenile characters. He has a more lightness to his being. He seems okay. more optimistic more hopeful. But then again, he was a child, so he probably was more optimistic and was more hopeful. As he's gotten older, he's probably gotten more jaded, and therefore, all of the characters he played since then are all jaded characters. Okay. It's craziness. Do you have anything else you want to say about High Fidelity? Because I have a couple I like things. it still. I, still I have a like couple it. things. Okay, go ahead. Uh, after you made me watch the movies that you made me watch, it feels very, it falls in the middle for me. Um, I did like that they were complex characters. It wasn't just, you know, they were all archetypes of different people. You know, this is the, the best friend. Yeah, there was authenticity. They, they, they were very authentic. <clears throat> I also love that he was an unreliable narrator because I'm a sucker for that. I did enjoy the music that's in it, even though some of it's a little offbeat. And not it's in very 90s. not in tempo, but uh, but like... <laughs> <laughs> it's very 90s. For me, it, it didn't 
fit the best for me. You're not a 90s child. However. You didn't live through this The thing that re I really appreciated <laughs> was the lists, because you know I love lists. Yes. I really love lists, especially it's like based top on a five book. and top ten things. This is also based on a Nick Hornby book. I'm not going to read and the Nick book. Hornby I hated the movie, Chelsea. I'm not okay. going to read the book. Well, okay. So, um, I actually liked that whole concept. It really appealed to me. I was living, and I mean living, for when he'd realized that Catherine Zeta-Jones was a bitch. I was waiting for it, because he was, like, going through all of this stuff, like, well, you know, why did you, like, he goes, you know how he goes back, and he's yeah. like, you know, why did you end things with me with his top five women? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, the one, she was having, like, psychological trauma, the other one, you know, she was like, uh, you know how you- One doesn't even remember him, really. Yeah. She's like, we um, dated? What? Yeah. But it goes through all these. But when he goes back to Catherine Zeta Jones, she's acting like, uh, like, oh, a lot of people have been coming up to me and asking me why we broke up. You're not one of those people, are you? And he's like, no, of course not. Gets himself invited to a dinner party. Then after the whole thing, when he realizes that she's a shit human being, he turns around and basically asks her that. She's like, oh my god, I knew you were going to be like one of those ones. And it just, it just proves that like the idolized version that he had of her when he put her on his top five list is not who she is she's a catty evil person and she's awful and i loved when he figured that out i really did um once again not my favorite jack black movie i do like when he's a nice guy like think more of who he is in the holiday i like when oh, he's that person he's a freaking angel I know I love I love when he's the good guy yeah. I really do like that I even like when he's a little crazy I but love like still the holiday is hearted. the holiday is gonna be uh, one of my favorite underrated it, it's not it's, so much it anymore. is underrated not so much anymore because it's, it's, it's had like it's had like a, a, a wave of popularity in the last couple years it's like nobody it's, saw it when it came out yeah and i mean i did oh yeah i loved it i thought it was great i bought it for mom saying saying i think you'd like this it's a great and, movie. And it's when, a great Christmas when I got movie, it and it's a great any time of the yeah. year movie. And it's uh, a Christmas movie because it takes place at Christmas, but you could but watch it. this in yeah. in August right now, and you'd be like, huh. And it would work for you it's just a nice, as well. It's a nice warm hug yeah. on and, a hot day. And it kind of, there's there's always somebody who's like, well, it's what's her name? I think it's one of her movies. Kate Winslet? No, no, the director. Is. The director. Nancy Myers? Yes. Nancy Myers makes great, great architectural movies. I know this is probably not what people go for but if you watch a nancy myers movie everything if we have really departed from john cusack um if, if you watch Yay. it it is absolutely beautiful everything that it's it's like fresh air in a house mm. that is what it feels like when you watch one of those movies and this movie has that as well in two different freaking locations mm. one in this like quaint little british cottage and the other in like this la home and both of them... Once again, just, we're still talking about the holiday. We are not talking about high you fidelity. You just feel so light when you watch those movies. Yeah. They make you feel and good. And the music helps contribute to it as well. The, oh, like, yeah. The very happy piano. Parent trap. Yeah. Um, Something's Gotta Give. What other Nancy Myers okay. movies are there? Very I, distracted I you oh, are. Now I'm on a Nancy Myers um, Oh my god, Father of the Bride. One of my favorites oh, by far. So why anyway. Diane Keaton in Nancy Myers? Anyway, um, my point is, How I do here? I, oh, I prefer Black. him in a in a nicer role because so he is a bit of a dick in High Fidelity. But his him being a bit of a dick helps with the character. Like he's supposed to be a bit of an asshole. In the Holiday, I'm very attracted to Jack Black. 
I think everyone's attracted to Jack Black and Holiday. Oh They're goodness, attracted to perfect. all four of them in that. They oh. want Kate Winslet, they want Cameron Diaz, no. they want Jude Law, and they want Jack Black. No, no. They're all very attractive. No, no, no. I, I, it's, I'm not attracted to the other three. I'm attracted to Jack Black in that movie. Yeah. What is Specifically that? Jack Specifically Black? Specifically Jack Black. You know what I think it is? I think Just it's the nostalgic perfect. blockbusters. It's not even, it wasn't nostalgic <laughs> at the time, it's nostalgic now when he's in the blockbusters yeah, and he's I've, doing the music for the movies, yeah. trying to get her to no. go on these experiences with he's him. He's funny, which is like my top, like one of my top turn-ons mm -hmm. is somebody who makes me laugh. Mm. Anyway, back yeah. on track. What, what we've learned about High Fidelity is that I really love Jack Black, and therefore he can carry quite a lot of <laughs> shit to make me feel like, like okay, it's an okay movie, because Jack Black is in it. Okay. Do you think that's a fair judgment? Yes. Jack Black can carry a lot of I shit. I think that's true with a lot of people, though. <laughs> like, if, you, if there's one person in it that you like, it helps for the rest of the experience. You are willing to forgive a lot. Like, I enjoyed Moon... Because Sam Rockwell's oh in it. And he dances in it, and that's all you care about. No, that's not the point. I love Moon, because Sam Rockwell's in it. But if, if, <laughs> Many any, if anyone else was playing the role that Sam Rockwell was playing, I'd probably hate that movie. Just it, because... It's I, a bit of a uh, watch. Yeah. We, we, we are managing to talk very little about High Fidelity in this segment. My, on my, whole, my whole point is that if you have, like, Any one star that like you to favor, discuss. if you have one star that you favor, you can watch something that, if anyone else was playing it, you'd want to blow your brains out. What's that movie with Amy Adams? I feel the same way about that. Amy Adams, where, Which with Aliens. Oh with my aliens. god, Arrival? Arrival's a piece of shit. No, it's not. Arrival it is, is a fantastic movie. Chelsea, I could say this because I feel lukewarm about Amy Adams. She's the reason you like that movie. The movie I'm is I'm getting shit. there. Uh, no, no, the movie is very, very poetic. Have you watched it all the way through? Yes. Very poetic, very moving. Unfortunately, I have. Very rich storytelling there. However, it does, it does drag. It, oh my god, it's a, isn't it like a two and a half hour and movie? And Amy Adams it is why been, I it, stay in. It could have been done in an hour and a half. Like, oh, I don't need all of this, like, holding up the board Maybe, and communicating. I'm, I'm a linguistics them, nerd, oh. though, so, like, I, I thought it was fascinating. Once again, because of really Amy Adams. Amy, Amy Adams, Adams is the reason it. I stayed. But yeah. it is a good movie, nonetheless. Okay. It does drag them. Agree to disagree. Now, on to <laughs> on John what Cusacri. I think... Agree on, to disagree on the theme yeah. of John Cusack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on to the next one. Now, this is our mm. Fan Theory Fight Club. However, I personally find this to be possibly the most enjoyable John Cusack movie I've ever seen. Oh, yes. Just, I don't know if that's because I've tried to limit my exposure to him. No, no. Or not, if it is, on. in fact, his best film. Wait, 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 wait. The most enjoyable John Cusack movie ever or just of the ones we're discussing this week? Both. I, oh my I, god! I, I disagree. I, I highly disagree. I, I told you I don't think I don't think I've exposed myself to a lot of his movies just because I find it traumatic. Um, but <laughs> I do really like Gross Point Blank. Where have you been for ten years? I freaked out. Joined the army. Went into business for myself. Professional killer. Oh, does that? Do you have to do postgraduate work for that, or can you can you jump right in? I'm, I'm curious about that. It's an, it's an open market. Open market. That's good. Wow. Ten years, man. Ten. Ten years. Ten years. Ten. Ten years. Ten years. I freaked out. I joined the army. I worked for the government. I went into business with myself. I'm a professional killer. That's what I did. Okay. Well, can I join up? Yes. 
Now, do okay. you want to explain Gross Point Blank really quick sure. before you go into the theory? I won't, I won't ruin Gross Point Blank. I'm going to try not to ruin Gross Point Blank. In essence, my by the way, my ex-husband loved this movie. So I saw this movie, movie quite a bit. So basically what it is about is um, there is a hired assassin. Who's John Cusack. Uh, yeah. He's, he's gr growing a little bit jaded about his career choices. And it's been 10 years since his high school graduation. And he's been invited to attend his high school reunion. He is dealing with some sort of psychological, let's say trauma. Which, can I do a quick shout out? Alan. Which leads us to Alan Arkin, yeah. R.I.P. that god of a man. He is a legend. And uh, he steals his scenes. Oh, he's so amazing. One of, one of my favorite moments. When he won't answer the phone. No, no, no. One of my favorite moments is when he's telling him, and like, Alan Arkin is his therapist, but he has very vocally said he doesn't want to be. Because he, he basically turned around. You can get the impression. He doesn't want to be you, involved in you, anything you, to do with assassins. Yeah, you get the impression that he no was crime. his therapist for maybe a year, and then he no, casually... No, like three minutes. Yeah. Three minutes. He, said, he says, I no. came in and had this, this no, session. No, no, no. Told he, him. He had the session, and then after he thought he was helping him for a while. It, like, I think it's supposed to have been a little bit of He told him the truth time. about then what he, he does. he tells him the truth about what he does, and he's like, no, 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 no. no. I, I don't want anything to do with you. Bye-bye. I can't be your, your therapist. Anyway. But he he keeps coming back every week. There's, he, he asks him for advice consistently. And one of the things that he says, he, he says, should I go? Okay, just tell me yes or no. Should I go to my high school reunion? He says, yes, you should. And he says, okay, I'll give it a shot. And he goes, no, don't give it a shot. Don't shoot anything. Mm -hmm. And it is, I, he's just a legend. Like that's, yeah. that is, I'm pretty sure that's an ad lib. That's how much credit yeah. I give to him. <laughs> that I'm just like, no, no, no one wrote that line. That was just a line that came out of him. Mm. Anyway. So, back to the synopsis of the story. So, he goes back to his, his hometown, uh, which is Gross, Gross Point. Point. By the way, his name is Martin Blank. There's where, that's where you get Gross the blank. Gross Point Blank. And he he comes home. He realizes that he, you really can't come home again to a certain point. Because, because his house has now been... now a convenience store. Now, yeah, has been rolled over. Is now a convenience store. He's running into everybody that he's known from before. His mom's in a home, and all of the money... Yeah. That, that he's she been had sending is, is, is being sucked up by the funeral home. Yeah, which she has is no true to life. I think. When you point, say, yeah, she has no recollection of who he is at mm. one point. So he's he's really having a hard time. And then he he stumbles across somebody who we already know he's having recurring dreams of. He that clearly he's been fantasizing loves about, and that's Debbie, which was his his high school girlfriend, Minnie Driver, who he stood up for the prom. He did not show up to prom. He didn't come and pick her up and she w was waiting there and I think she's a $700 prom dress. Yeah. And she is now the DJ, DJ. of the town. Yeah, of the town's and you radio can, station. you can hear her like through the square kind of thing. Yeah. Um, which played by Minnie Driver without a British accent, which is very jarring for me. Yeah. Because every time I watch her, you just I, I'm just like, hunting. That's I, I, it, it throws me for a loop every single time she speaks. She's I'm just like, <laughs> she doesn't sound right. Why doesn't she sound right? And I'm like, oh, right. She's, she's putting on a fake accent. We need to disclose to our audience that you are terrible with accents in general. I though. am terrible with accents. Like it, somebody could be very clearly, you know, Scottish or Jamaican, very distinctive. Accents. And you're like, didn't they say that one word funny? And we're like, yeah. Because they're from Scotland? Yeah, I just take people... If if I've heard that person speak that way before, that is their voice, and I don't identify it as an accent. The only, it's very problematic. The only time that that has happened for me is because of us being raised by Dad and him and his many British accents. His many British accents? You, well, you know how he is. Whenever someone no, says, where are you from, Dad all of a sudden on. goes from a different place. Yeah. 
You go, oh, I'm wait, a grubby wait, M-O-I-O-M-O-I. Yeah, yeah, where, and, where you think I'm from, huh? Yeah. And you're like, Jesus, go away. That's you the only hide. time we can hear our father doing an accent. Because, because to we him, don't hear his accent. Like, it's very strange. He sounds normal to me. And normal is a ba- is basically how our you describe ears. the tone. What you're saying is our ears are fucked. That's basically it what you're saying. It is for him, but I could hear a British person. Like, I can watch Carnation Street and be like, they sound British. But no. Dad will walk in and he'll be like, you won't believe the shit I went through today. And like, this isn't what he sounds like. But the point is, he could turn around and sound exactly like the people on the TV. I don't you hear don't it hear in it. him. He sounds like a Canadian to you. He's like yeah. messed with my brain. Yeah. Because of infancy. Yeah. <laughs> because of infancy? Yeah. <laughs> infancy um, has yeah. troubled you so? Yes, yeah. No, I, com- I completely understand that. But if, can like, hear I can hear it in other things. People can hear the weird. And I identify it as very, very strong. Like, oh, yeah, your dad is very British. And all I can think and is, And all of a really? sudden, I, like, tune my ear like I have a hearing aid. I start to like, listen for it. I can't hear it. it. Cannot hear it. Yeah. Okay. Back on track. <laughs> Mini Driver, who's British, but is American in this. Continue. Yeah, so while he's at this, um, this high school reunion, he also has a job that he's supposed to do, but he's also been followed into town by people... But he, he's also avoiding doing the job. He won't even open the yeah. envelope to find out who his target is, yeah. because he... Is He's supposed to, to have done it first before yeah. he even attends the. He just wants to chill. Like this is like his vacation. He he doesn't want to deal with hitmenry or assassinry. Yeah. He's like I just want to through I, some shit. I want to just you know maybe go to pr- go to prom or like the, the prom reunion. equivalent reunion of the prom. reunion. Yeah. Uh, with Mini Driver, that'd be wonderful. And you know I won't get killed by these other people like rival assassins who were trying to knock me off on the way. Yeah. And. Big shout out to Dan Aykroyd as well as his competition. Oh, I love Dan Aykroyd. A very funny role. villain. Yeah, because Dan Aykroyd, in most things, Dan Aykroyd is such the, the nice guy. That for or the to, silly guy. Yeah, for him to be, and he is a little silly in this as well, but for him to be like a... He's pure evil A in vicious, <laughs> vicious assassin is just ace casting because yeah. it works so well in this movie. Yeah. It is, it's the perfect tonal shift for him. Yeah. Well, I I did like Gross Point Blank. I thought it was Me a refreshing too. concept in the first place. Oh, yeah. It's a great concept. Um, I think it is John Cusack's best work. No offense to him, but still. Uh, I thought it was unique and funny. It is. Um, I thought their love story was kind of cute, even though, you know, there's it's a little this trauma. The, the trauma that, you know, has happened. Minnie Driver is a, is a gem, though. I, um, I would love her in anything. But I found that, like, even right away... When she was, like, pushing away, like, you know, you left me at prom with a $700 dress, mm-hmm. and you didn't pick she me up. She calls him broken at one point, and yeah. then she changes her mind and calls him... What did she call him? I don't know, Chelsea. Like, s- sort of, like, bent or something? I yeah. can't remember. Yeah. Um, they clearly still love each other, though, is my point. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, and, the fact that she she asks people whether or not she should yeah. give him a second chance he, on the air, and, and he's and yeah, I think it's amazing the little subtle work of the fact that he likes to be situated when he's in rooms or in houses. He situates himself okay. so he has a better like he's uh, folk. Yeah, focus he needs to be range. able. To, he doesn't want his back to the door, basically. Yeah, exactly. He's very Tony Soprano about where he sits in the diner and that like kind of thing. Like at one point when he's when he's asking her to not have it on the air, and she gets up to move at one point, and he quickly steals her chair so that he's got a wall behind him, he can see out the window, mm-hmm. no longer facing the door. I like that like subtle work to have that for his character. Um. I also think it was cute that he basically turned around and said he'd give up being a hitman 
so that he could be with her. Yeah. Uh, I did see the plot twist coming for who his hit was going to be. I saw that coming, like, a mile away. Well, don't, don't tell anyone. I'm not going to say, but I knew it was coming. And I thought that the baby moment was really tender and cute, considering he's supposed to be such a hardened, you know, assassin guy, and even though he is having a bit of a crisis of conscience with himself, Mm -hmm. when he's holding that baby, you can see him just kind of melting a little bit and warming to the idea of, like, a normal nuclear family life. Like, you can literally see it just kind of wash over him, those, those feelings of, like, I could actually have a kid of my own, and, you know, I could settle. I don't have to kill people yeah. anymore, which I thought was really sweet. Uh, it reminded me, you, uh, the way he tells everybody that he's a hitman, and that, no one believes I was just gonna say him. that. I love that he tells people consistently tells people that he's a hitman he's and a they hitman. don't believe him they're and like huh what do you really do are yeah. you in real estate and, like, and somebody says not do you get dental with that i think i think that's debbie that says do you get dental with that yeah um but it reminds me very much of you have you seen mr right with sam rockwell and anna kendrick yes i have it that's reminds a very me of that. similar movie it yeah. reminds me of that the way that he's just like oh i kill people who hire me to kill people and they're like huh sure like he tells her yeah, this and yeah. he tells people yeah and they're like they're just they're they think he's joking yeah and i love i love when he does lie as well like it, his lies are are so much more palatable when he's like i work at kfc ha ha we're eating kfc yeah. thing yeah yeah he says at one point that he works at, at kfc and he sells he sells biscuits and gravies and they're like you do not yeah but that's more believable yeah. than the reality yeah and his, him being honest which we're, I'm going to pull Which this Which is in. a good thing for his character. Like, he's he is not a bad guy. He's tried to be honest and say, up front, mm-hmm. I am in a bit of shit right now. Mm-hmm. But no one wants to hear that. They all, They all know, want the lie. They want the lie. Yeah. I wish we were talking about another great John Cusack movie, which is all about honesty. But that, that we'll have to say that till next week. <laughs> anyway. Um, so this is actually our Fan Theory Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um... So, here we go. Gross point blank is one side of a what-if scenario with high fidelity. If Martin blank, in gross point blank, didn't lose the anger that he felt and go back to commit to a new future with his old past love, basically redo for him, Mm -hmm. he would grow up to become Rob in high fidelity. Very angry, very resentful, and fixated on his past loves. With music? With little motivation to move toward his future. Okay, you're you're fixating on the wrong thing. You're fixating on the fact that he becomes a record store owner? No. He's growing jaded of this business. I'm thinking about the quirks that he has in High Fidelity. The man loves music. Like, you saw him clicking through his radio stations. No, that's not even the thing. It's the way at one point he organizes music based on the memory of when he got them. Which would be something that a hitman would do. He's obsessed with Debbie. Debbie, Debbie runs the radio station. Mm, that's okay. That's Calm neither down. here nor there. No, I'm talking about. My theories are so so short and to the point. The um, well, I go into great detail with mine because I think that every detail is important. But you're just like, mm, figure it out for yourself. By the way, she doesn't say that he's he's bent. She says he's mildly sprained. Yeah. Which is a beautiful way to say broken. <laughs> <laughs> You're mildly sprained. 
I don't really like these chips. I don't know why I'm still You keep them. shoving them in your face. So I, I, I think, think it's... I, yeah, I really should stop. Because I'm not enjoying them. We're almost done, though. Yeah, I think you can take over. Because they're not for me. Okay, so so my question is, do you feel that this has any merit? I was initially hesitant. But the fact that he um, clearly fixates on stuff mm-hmm. as blank mm-hmm. would make it a viable option for later when he's in high fidelity because mm-hmm. at one point he organizes his stuff based on the memory of when he got it or like the trauma of the experience yeah he's very he deals with a lot of trauma which would be which would be something that he would do this is a man who needs a therapist you know what and he got I kicked say, out by i say the it's therapist. a viable theory but i also think at the same time john cusack like you mentioned plays the same role over and over again so if we work really hard, we could connect every I think single we could one. Connect, I think we could connect twist our twist the sister segment to an even earlier phase. You know, this was him in high school before he became a hit well, man. Well, they say that they actually say that the trilogy, the unofficial trilogy, is not actually the three movies we're talking about this week. Which, in retrospect, that's my bad. Uh, High Fidelity, Gross Point Blank, and um, Say Anything are considered an unofficial trilogy. And I do see it. I absolutely see it. I do. I do. But I I see it more with High Fidelity and Gross Point Blank. Pro- probably because he's more of an adult in those. Mm. Okay, so I say... Well, a lot of shit happens I when like you're a teenager theory. that it could go any way. Trauma? Yeah. Um, I, so. think, I think it works. It, it's a viable theory. Yeah. At I the same time, John Cusack could just be the same version in everything he does. So yeah, you can probably so, connect a lot. So of you're stuff. you're playing both sides here. So yes or no? <laughs> I'm saying it's viable. I say yes. I say yes. I say it is a very. I, I like the theory. It's kind of poetic. They're not the same director though, so I don't. It's that, not about that. It's the it's a they, fan theory. It's no, not it's not an I'm absolute saying, fact. If you had turned around and said that they were done by the same director, I'd been like, this is the vision, you know. But they weren't, so I don't know. I'm a little hesitant to grab onto it. Okay, it's viable. I'm sticking with it's viable. Okay. Well, it's I say yes. Crew. All right. So this week for Twist the Sister, I'm twisting you, and this is uh, okay. The movie is Better Off Dead. Johnny. Four weeks. Twenty papers. That's two dollars plus tip. Oh, gee, Johnny, I don't have a dime. Sorry. Didn't ask for a dime. Two dollars. Well, it's funny, see, my mom had to leave early to take my my brother to school and my dad to work because... Two dollars. Cash. See, the problem here is is that my little brother this morning got his arm caught in the microwave and and, uh, my grandmother dropped acid and she freaked out and hijacked a school bus full of penguins. So it's kind of a family crisis, so come back later, great. Your sigh says everything about your feelings on it, and you have to convince me. This is this is the problem. Okay, so little backstory, little context. Better Off Dead is not an artifact <laughs> for you or for me. <laughs> the reason why I own Better Off Dead is because it was a cruel, cruel joke. No, I used to work as an editor, and it had a anniversary release on Blu-ray. So I was tasked with doing a review of it and a retrospective of Better Off Dead. It's not really retrospective. (laughs) It's not really retrospective when you didn't see it before, but you know, this is the job. So (laughs) I, I had better off dead and I did see it when I was younger per se, but not young. Um, you've just watched it for the first Mm -hmm. time. So 
I'm playing devil's advocate here because it is not one of my favorite movies. However, there is one scene that sticks in my mind that gives this movie a shitload of merit. And that is when he's learning how to ski. And his friend says to him, like he's teaching him how to ski. And he goes, okay, well, how do I do this? How do I do this? And his friend says to him, go that way really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. Mm -hmm. And just the deadpan... I don't know what it is about that sense of humor, but I think it is absolutely hilarious, mm. that one sequence. Mm. Um, the only other things I can really say in favor of it is that it is an extremely unique film in that it is... <laughs> <laughs> Stop laughing. I'm sorry. It's a surreal comedy. It, it's heavy on the surrealism, heavy on the black humor, um, which is... I mean, there's lots of stuff with black humor nowadays, but... The surrealism aspect was kind of unheard of in that time. It is very weird. It, it's... I don't know. Um, I, I don't know what else really to say for it. It is... Um, You're not really selling anything. I know. It's, it's... To a certain extent, the kind of surrealist attempt that they go for makes it more realistic to like the craziness of adolescence but at the same time it like, like it's melodramatic it is a melodramatic film mm. and that to a certain extent works in my opinion but at the same time it uh doesn't quite work i don't know um i don't know what to say about this i'm, I'm not gonna sell this one for you <laughs> i know right now i don't have enough meat to really serve <laughs> you anything on a platter so i'm gonna just let you Put the kibosh you don't on even me for this. do you even have an amuse bouche, Chelsea? I, I don't, don't even, even think have, have an amuse bouche. There's no protein for me to feed you. So, <laughs> watching Better Off Dead, I was very excited to watch it because when you pitched it to me, you said you will love this. It's about a teenager who goes through a breakup, and uh, you said he contemplates. He didn't contemplate. Uh, different ways he could kill himself. Um, while, while also, while also continuing life at the same time of having these contemplations. So I was like, oh, okay. So this is gonna be a lot of, like, stuff in his head. Like, he'll be having a conversation at the dinner table and thinking about how he could stab himself with a fork. Like, I thought it was gonna be that kind of comedy. Because you've seen stuff like that come out of the 80s and 90s. Um, that being said... The movie is utter nonsense. <laughs> it was a waste of my time. Um, the best part of the whole thing, for me, was Diane Franklin, who plays the French girl in it, named Monique. She's supposed to be like a foreign exchange student kind of thing. And she gets put with the creepiest neighbor you'd want to be put with. It's, you've got, like, a single mom. I'm guessing she's single because you never see the dad. A single mom raising her... I, I would say we'll go with overweight, overweight son, who is very much a misogynist, so it's not like you can feel bad for him at all, despite the fact that his mom's terrible, um, because he's equally as awful, and they treat her terribly, and then, uh, I swear, you watch about an hour of it, and then for the, the half hour before the end, you find out that Monique actually speaks English. <laughs> and Monique has been pretending to be only French-speaking for an hour now, and I feel like it would have been a much more enjoyable time had she revealed this in the first ten minutes. 
Um, but she's basically like, you think I don't speak English? I do. You idiots. Like, she, like... She just loses uh, her shit on She them. just loses her shit, finally. And I was like, Monique, lose your shit like an hour ago, hon. <laughs> like, I would have been there for it. Um, she's amazing. I love that she also is kind of a mechanic, so she helps John Cusack fix up this car that's a ho- total shit yeah. box. Um, so that he has a decent car. Like, she's clearly the person that he's going to end up with, even though he's still hung up on the ex-girlfriend, who is a waste of time. Um... And I'd like to end my whole review for the whole thing with when John Cusack went and saw it at the premiere, he spoke to the director and he told him that it was, quote, the worst thing he'd ever seen. Okay. Now keep in mind, with it being the worst thing he'd ever seen, you wouldn't think he's in the goddamn thing. He acts for an hour and a half in the worst thing he's ever seen. Okay, so I got, I have I I've done a little research because I saw your notes before. Um, I I love that John Cusack hates the movie, yeah. but but I have to temper it a little bit. So the director is Savage Steve Holland. He does a lot of kind of odd sort of movies. Um, Cusack was actually introduced to him by Henry Winkler, who produced uh, John Cusack's breakthrough role in The Sure Thing. By the way, Sure Thing, if you haven't seen it, that's a good. That's a good 80s era John Cusack movie. Again, he's playing himself, but it, it, it's a good movie. So Savage Steve Holland, the director, immediately clicked with John Cusack, and they went out for drinks, they would hang out. He, John Cusack was even allowed to be in the editing room for these movies, including this particular movie. So he agreed to make a second film with Holland. I know. Which was One Crazy Summer. Yeah. Well, which one, I think is like an unofficial sequel, didn't they say? No, I don't think so. Oh, well, who knows? Or it's the same I, I characters. Seen it. It's the same. It's the same characters Isn't or something. Is Demi Moore? I don't know. I feel like Demi Moore's in that movie. I feel like she would have better taste. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the night before shooting began on this second movie, he decided to do a screening of Better Off Dead because no, it hadn't come out yet. Nobody saw it. He was going to show the cast and crew and thought it was going to be a huge motivator for the crew to be like, "Yeah, we're making the next great film." So and and lots of them had worked on the earlier film too. And clearly, twenty it did minutes the in, Kusak did exactly what you said. He left the room. Yeah. And then, the next day, he basically walked up to Holland and said, "You tricked me. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Better off dead is a humiliation. Don't speak to me again. I can't trust you as a director." He was really upset, and Holland was con- so confused because he had helped him edit the movie. He mm-hmm. had let John Cusack. And clearly, sit John Cusack was like drunk said, when editing. And I mean, Holland thought his movie was funny. Like he thought it was hilarious, oh and he thought John Cusack was great in it. And he had been helping edit the whole summer, which is the real clincher for me. Is if you're editing a movie, you can kind of tell what it's going to be like. Because you, you, you see, also, you've got you're all also the bonding. You're also bonding at that time. So it's like, oh we're making God. a movie. It's going to be great. Like, you think you're on the same page. So I could see how it would be a bit jarring. And, and it really fucked with the director's head. I do have to point, point that out. He was yeah. so shaken that he didn't really care about movies anymore. He didn't want to do One Crazy Summer all of a sudden. And it, it really hurt him that this is what came of it. Hmm. Um, anyway. 2013. Lots of years have passed. Cusack did some sort of press about Better Off Dead. That's probably around the time that I was doing the review of this film. Anyway, so softened his stance. Sounds about right. Softened his stance considerably and told someone, I think a fan asked a question. He says, 
I just thought it could have been better, but I think that about almost all of my films. I have nothing against the film. I gl I'm glad so people So he's still his love own it. worst critic. So now he has completely softened and yeah. And, and, and he's very apologetic about it. He says if, if uh, Savage Steve Holland, the director, or any of the actors in it thought that I hated it, that's really on me. Because they've all vocally said he hated the movie. He says, I didn't really think about it. I was like 17 at the time, which is insane that he was editing a movie at 17 years old. He said there was a lot of surrealism that he hadn't done before, a lot of black comedy. Um, and he was looking at a lot of different aspects. Oh, I don't like the score. I don't like the cinematography. This could be darker. This could be this. And he now feels bad about being so vocal about it. So I hate to squash that, but I do love that his first instinct was to just say, this is the worst thing I've ever been in, despite the no, fact that he, he edited it. He didn't even it. say it's the worst thing he'd ever been in. He said it's the worst thing you've ever seen, Chelsea. Yeah. And he, all the things he could have seen. He edited it. I can't get over that part. That's the hurdle it, for Chelsea, me. Chelsea, <laughs> with that little fact, that makes it worse. John Cusack he thought... He more than just acting, and he John thinks Cusack it's the worst thing. thought he was better off dead than being in Better Off Dead. Yeah. And, and granted, he's his own worst so, critic, but dude, I hear you. I love that. I love that. And I, I can't justify this film. It is not my pick. It's just not my tone. It's not the tone of film that I like. It's too, it too was weird nonsense, for me. Chelsea. I'm, I'm okay. It I was, can't be high was, a weird It film. was one crazy, stupid event after another crazy, stupid it's very event. very experimental. Until you're at the end of it, and then a crazy, stupid event occurs, like and it's not shocking. Remind me, because you just watched it. Isn't there a hamburger that comes to life and starts singing yeah. Van Halen Yeah, because he's, I think he's high. <laughs> he's high. And, like, he's supposed to be flipping okay. burgers, but instead he's, like, losing his mind just okay. slapping so, the so shit. So can I, can I safely say that I have not... You haven't sold me on Better Off Dead. There was... Chelsea, I haven't sold myself Chelsea, either. So. You, it could have been your favorite movie. I'm not even joking. It could have been your favorite movie of all time. And I and you no still chance. wouldn't have been selling me on this. Yeah. It was terrible waste of my time. Shout out to Diane Franklin. She saved the movie. Diane Franklin hasn't but been in she, very much. She needed to She's be in it this. way more and she needed to start speaking English way earlier <laughs> because I can't do that again. Ever. We both speak French. What's your issue? She doesn't even say anything when she only speaks French. She says nothing. This is true. She doesn't she, even say voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir. She says nothing. Okay. Literally nothing. Why is that the only French phrase people know? Like, it's really weird. That's why I quoted it, because everyone knows it because of the song. Yeah. And, and, and everyone thinks they're so sexy when they say they're like, voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? And you're like, you pig, and you slap him. You cochon! And then you whack him. But yeah. Oh. Did you say you cochon? Yeah. You pig? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. I, but like, no. Okay. Never, never again. Even if my kids are like, Mom, you want to watch Better Off Dead? I'm like, honey, no. No, we're no, all Better Off Dead. No. We we should all go away from the movie. I, I must Far say. away. From Let's my, go skiing instead of watching from it. From my days as an entertainment editor where I had to write reviews here and there about different films, Better Off Dead is not the worst thing I've seen. So well, you you still say that the worst thing you've ever seen was Tree of Life. Oh, oh my God, Tree of Life is. We're not going to get into it. I can see that you want to start. It's a different kind of movie. <laughs> let's just say it's a different kind of movie. Tree of Life to get. Let's be objective here. Okay. Cineplexes had to put a little little thing up a in blurb? their window a at, at their box office, saying this is back when they had box offices before everything was just online. There was like a. Basically, a, a piece of cardboard that says, if you don't like Tree of Life, you will not be issued a refund. Yeah. That was 
how much like how polarizing that movie was mm. was that some people went in and I love Jessica Chastain and I love Brad Pitt but oh oh I, I just Isn't Sean Penn in it Sean as well? Penn is in it as well I remember them putting the tree I think that was the only good part of the film where I was just like yeah they planted a tree that's nice and and everything else was just shit <laughs> <laughs> it was tree. Just, Okay. I, I just know. Okay. okay, so better off dead. Yeah, that wasn't even where I thought you were going with that. That that tree of tree of life. I don't think I did a review when I was an editor. So no, I don't think you needed I, to. I, but I, I think it, if you have the chance, it would have just been one word. No, <laughs> don't go. Yeah, no, don't no, see no, it. Just no, no, <laughs> no. <sighs> anyway, um, hope you enjoyed John Cusack week more than I enjoyed watching the movies. Um, these <laughs> films aren't bad. Gross and, point blank. Not bad. High Fidelity. Okay. Better off They're dead. on Disney Plus Total as well. So if you want to give show. it a shot. If you want to give it a shot, High Fidelity, both the, the new modern TV series, which I think is a, is a great update, as well as the um, original movie from the 90s, are on Disney Plus. So if you want to give it a shot, you know, no harm, no foul. Here, well, not here from you next week. Jesus, I'm having a problem. You, yeah, Help me. I'm just gonna Help let you me. flounder. Help like, me! It's really very John Cusack <laughs> of you that you cannot even get the words out. Help and you're like, me. well, this. Oh, maybe not that. Well, just kind of like this. And I, I don't know. You'll uh, hear from uh, us next week. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. <laughs>